In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi everybody, I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 337. That's right. Uh, what are we talking about today, Mark? <laughs> it's your and, idea. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can see a little bit of, no pun intended, venom coming from Chad about this. Uh, <laughs> so actually, since, it's, since it is venom related on that level, he should be happy. But he's not. <laughs> We're actually doing an issue which I think kind of surprised both of us that really was never covered on the show before. <laughs> Until we reread the issue, and then maybe it makes a little more sense now. But we're going back to Volume 3 of Green Lantern to do issue number 47, which is the first post-destruction of Coast City issue, which really, you know, tonally... Well, we'll talk about the context of why tonally it it doesn't seem to reflect the, the events too much of what happened in the issue before. I'm sure we'll talk about that after the review. But this is the Green Lantern, Green Arrow team-up that occurred right after the destruction of Coast City and right before Emerald Twilight. Yeah, so Green, yeah, Green Lantern 47. We're going to get into it in a minute. You know, uh, I was actually at some point going to plan on covering this myself during on one of the uh, Green Lantern, Green Arrow episodes because I don't think I've ever actually said this on, on air. I'm not sure. Uh, if you look at the album art... For the Green Lantern Green Arrow spinoff, in the background it's faded, but you can see part of Oliver Queen and part of Hal Jordan, just as some sort of like background image. But if you also look, there is Kyle Rayner and there's Connor Hawk. So at some point, the Green Lantern Green Arrow show, after covering the Denny O'Neill Neil Adams stuff, could have evolved past just that stuff and covering all Green Lantern, Green Arrow sort of crossover stories. I wanted to give it that room to grow if I wanted to go forward with it. But it Great. would have obviously make taken... Feel, make me feel bad now, no, 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 no. <laughs> but, it, but, but to clarify, it would have obviously taken a while to get to that point since I would want to do it in chronological order. So it would be quite a while before we ever got to this story. And so it's not like it's not like we're stepping on any toes, and plus we're covering this in the same podcast feed, so it's not going to matter in the long run. <laughs> but, to be, but again, using one of my favorite phrases, to be fair, I actually, even though we because because we pulled that we as a topic, we decided upon this relatively late in the game for this week. But originally, I had when we when. 
in my mind's eye, when we were going to record this, I actually was going to offer it up to you and say, if you want to make this an episode of your spinoff or a special episode of your spinoff and not make it a proper episode number, I would be fine with that, and we would just review it on, in that context. So I, I, it's not like so I did, so I had, I did had that in my in my mind. So if you had just, but. You're just saying it the way you did. It's like, oh man! But you're right. No, you know, no. I know it, it clearly. Yeah. It, it 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 clearly would be a while before you before you would have. Yeah, G, G, GLGA is meant is meant to be in chronolo- as in chronological order as I can possibly get it. And quite honestly, even at the rate I'm putting those out, once I get done with the Denny O'Neill Neil Adams stuff, I'm going to launch a, another spinoff. Mark knows what it is, uh, and not put. As much of a focus on GLGA, but it'll still keep going. GLGA will be, you know, it's uh, it'll it'll keep going, but it, I'm not going to have like such a worry in the back of my mind, like oh man, it's been a while since I've been done one of those episodes. I need to get one out. Like it'll be one of those like when I catch the bug, I'll release another GLGA episode, sort of a thing. Uh, but anyways, um, let's uh, before we jump into this. Just two quick bits of news from the comics community that I found interesting. Uh, well, interesting for this first one is not really the best term, but here we go. What were the things? Were you throwing me another curveball? Because I know what one of them is going to be. So it's like that. It it is interesting, but not. But that wouldn't be the first term you would you would use. (laughs) No, no, no. Uh, So uh, as you guys hear this, it was Monday. Uh, that uh, I believe Monday that uh, artist Norm Brayfogle passed away, and Norm is is hugely recognized mostly for his run on Batman, um, Batman related stuff. Uh, he has a court now. This is according to Wikipedia, so you know <laughs> your mileage may vary with this information. <laughs> but his uh, his only Green Lantern c- credit was on Green Lantern Circle of Fire number one. But obviously, Norm is known much more for his Batman stuff, uh, as well as other things from other several companies. Because Norm has been in the the company for uh, or, or in 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 the comic book industry for quite a long time. But uh, he he recently passed away, and we just wanted to bring attention to that. I don't have a ton of experience with Norm uh, Norm Brayfogle's work. I will say though that when you say the name Norm Brayfogle, I know who you're talking about. And when you say his name, you know, a couple of images of Batman immediately pop into my mind. So I know who he is and I know what his artwork looks like. And, you know, I've said time and time again, I'm not an art guy, um, but uh, for, for him to have that much notoriety in my head, he's he's a he's very clearly a, a long, longstanding talent in the industry. Mark's been reading comics a lot longer than I have. So I just wanted to bring it up and, and, and Mark, if you have anything to add, I just, since you've been reading for a long time, is there anything in particular you wanted to shout out about his contributions to the industry? Anything you've read in the past, anything like that? I think, I mean, I think honestly, you've pretty well covered it. I obviously I've read a lot of, I did read a lot of Batman when I was younger. Uh, and I am, I'm definitely familiar with his work. Like you said, off the top of my head, there isn't one quintessential issue or panel that I, I that in my mind's eyes like oh yes he was the one who did that. Uh, so so on that level yeah I think I think you summed it up. It's it's, it's obviously we know who, you know we know who he is we know of his art we know he's a you know he's a he's a big name major player and it's always just unfortunate when especially especially because he was that that's pretty young. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm actually looking here. Uh, DC Comics presents Green Lantern number one from 2000 and let's see here. 2004. Yeah, DC Comics presents num- presents Green Lantern from 2004. Was that that? Super That's Girl. not Will World. No. No. From 2004, was it the one that had the reprint of that classic Silver Age issue where everybody is, or Green Lantern is selling power rings? It could be. Let me... Yes, yes. I'm looking at the cover now. It's uh, Azarello, Pascal, Bray Fogel. Uh, yeah. So that's the that's the yeah. DC Comics presents Green Lantern Volume Two Number One. It's uh, the issue uh, reprinting and and I think doing some other stuff with some uh, some stuff uh, from that Silver Age. So yeah. But yeah, he's 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 been a long. T- I just wanted to clarify that since I all I said was Circle of Fire, so that's clearly not all the only Green Lantern work he did. But yeah, lots of Batman, uh, including Batman Shadow of the Bat. Uh, some issues here and there across uh, across DC. Uh, some Spectre issues uh, from 2002 and 2003. That makes sense. I that that's. It does sound familiar. That that's he he wrote number fifth or he did he did number fifteen through twenty three and twenty five through twenty seven of the Spectre, which is right which is honestly right probably close to where Jim and I are when we go back and actually start doing. I don't think we've gotten that far in the actual. So, so that's what I'm more familiar. That that would make sense because I I knew I knew there was a reason why the name had some resonated with me beyond you know the Batman stuff and that would make sense yes. Yes, like, I yeah, think so once fun. you guys get around to that, uh, that'd be here interesting to hear how what do you think of his art since the art chores change up? Yep, it, yeah, that's definitely a big change from the from the from the Ryan Sook, who obviously was the the artist for the majority of that run, at least for the mm-hmm. first half, for at least the first half of the book it was mostly Ryan Sook. Yeah, uh, so I mean, we definitely you know lots of love and support to. Uh, the family and friends of, of Norm Brady Fogel, but uh, he's a he's a big talent in the community, and we just wanted to make sure we said something. Absolutely. Uh, and the second thing I wanted to mention, just because it's sort of bonkers to me, I pay a lot of attention to DC TV, as all of you know. Uh, Mark, you watch The Flash, and you watch the crossover episodes, right? I watch mo- no, actually, I just watched The Flash. I have to be honest. The last, I think, the last two years they've done those crossover episodes. I haven't, I haven't watched. Them. Including, well, it's probably including the musical one, which was was that last year's was the musical one. Uh, um, yeah, no, 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 no. That was that before. that was year before because that was the the season was Savitar. Oh, okay, you're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I'm, I'm from Netflix. I'm remembering it now. All those episodes. Yep. But yeah, yeah I don't. I haven't watched the crossovers. Well, you probably heard because it was an I believe announced right around San Diego that Batwoman will be involved in this year's crossover. Uh, and they've cast someone to play her and, and all of this great stuff, and, and she looks the part and all that. It's, this is yet another thing where uh, someone was announced as casting, and a, as we like to say, vocal minority uh, started harassing this poor woman and forced her off uh, her social media because of all the BS she had to take. Um, this is another, the, the Ruby Rose thing? Yes. 
Uh, and uh, and then yet another thing it, along those same lines. I'm not sure if you you, you heard of this too. Uh, Diane Nelson uh, tweeted something the other day. I guess important in, in support of Zack Snyder or or maybe I can't remember if it was either in support of or against, but not directly. Like people were reading into it, and she had to shut down her Twitter because people were were harassing her. So the entire internet is going crazy with things. As a matter of fact, today. Wednesday, I keep going off track and <laughs> missing right. the point, but as a matter of fact, today is Wednesday, and uh, one of the issues that came out today was the first issue of Heroes in Crisis. And Heroes in Crisis is now a nine-issue series. Issue one hit today, and half the internet is freaking out about who dies, quote-unquote dies, in, in this. Issue one. What issue too many, Chad? <laughs> they, they, they're, they're already saying, how dare so-and-so be killed? It's so unceremoniously. It's so un- it's so disrespectful. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, you haven't read the full story. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> uh, which, which is sort of ironic because I was one of those people who was not like freaking out, but I was a little irritated when they did that whole Hail Hydra thing with Cap. Oh, yes. So, I mean, I, I kind of get where some of these people are coming from, but you know, it's it's one of those you live and learn things for me. Like, so, you haven't so to, so wait to, to freak out till the whole thing is out, okay? Yeah, I can. But but to be fair, there there's no there's no comparison I think between the crap that you know, crap generally crap. I'm not saying it really is crap, but just using the generic term, the crap that came out today about about heroes in crisis and and the cap stuff. The cap stuff, you can understand why people got why got pissed at, at cap. This stuff, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I understand. It doesn't I mean if if one of the deaths sticks, it it doesn't. It, I understand it doesn't make a lot of sense because of how relevant that character was to to the to all the re, the whole rebirth concept. Right. But, but I it's again. But yeah, I don't know people. Yeah. But you were just correct. freaking the, out about it. The, the opinions I saw today were like, yeah, oh, what a piece of shit. We're dropping this. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. It, wait till the issue. Wait till all the issues are out. Once the entire story has been told. If it still sticks, let's let's come together. Let's mourn the loss of your favorite character. Let's let's do all this stuff. But in, in the meantime, why are you freaking out? Like, what if what happens if the next issue comes out and it, it's all undone? Because you know, Booster Gold is a, is a highlight of this issue. So I'll just say, you know, Booster Gold. What if Booster Gold was hallucinating? Or what if you know things weren't as they seemed? Like whatever it could be, because it's comics. <laughs> What if issue two comes out? How are you going to feel? You're going to feel real stupid, aren't you? So how about we wait? We calm down. We read the story. We see what happens. If it sticks, if they give us more information, whatever the case may be, then freak out. But but my God, calm down. Issue one of nine it just hit. So let's calm down. But anyways, the entire completely off track. But So they announced the woman that was going to play Batwoman in this crossover. Guess which character they announced today is going to be a part of the crossover? Tell us, Chad. The Monitor. Interesting. Yes. Uh, I mean, I, I know that you don't care as much for DC TV as I do, but last year they did Crisis on Earth X, uh, which, of course, was a multiverse sort of story uh, and dealt with them fighting Nazis and evil versions of themselves and, and you know, kind of stuff we've seen before. And the year before that, they, they did the Dominators. So it was, it was essentially the 
that uh, invasion story arc come to life on screen. And now they've upped the ante and included the main architect behind Crisis on Infinite Earths to this thing. So I'm... Uh, I'm, I mean, like, look, you know, you knew Batwoman was coming in, and, and they've they've dropped hints towards uh, Gotham on both universes. So we know that Supergirl exists in her own universe and occasionally will cross over, but she's not a part of the same universe as Flash, Arrow, Legends. Um, but they've also name dropped Gotham in Flash and Arrow. Uh, and, and legends, if they've, they've, the Gotham is a city in, in, in that universe. So two universes have a Gotham. I was assuming that this Batwoman we were going to get was going to be in the Flash Arrow Legends universe. Now they haven't said yes or no to that, but, uh, what if she's in another universe apart from Flash and Arrow and then apart from Supergirl? And we're getting this multiversal sort of event. So that's that's really interesting to me that they, they, they elected to go with the monitor. Yeah, that is an interesting choice. Under, so it, it, it I, you got to give them credit for at least trying to expand and doing the some interesting storylines, which you would think, you know, for better or for worse, you would think that they would never in a million years be able to, to touch considering their budgets and they're on TV. So, but... Hey, you gotta. At least, at least they have ambition, and seemingly they have some kind of plan, which we can't say for a lot of people. <laughs> True. I, I just thought I'd bring it up because the Batwoman stuff was cool. Uh, I'm excited to see the character. Uh, I recently bought a Lego set. You know, I'm big into Lego DC. I got to have all the different minifigures that they have out there. And this particular set uh, had a Batplane. You know, it's, it's always got to have some sort of vehicle. Uh, but it was the Brother Eye set. So it had like the Brother Eye satellite, and it had an, uh, a, a Lego minifigure Omac, and it had a Lego minifigure Batman, but it also had Batwoman. So it's a set worthy of getting because it's a relatively smaller set. It's probably like uh, one of the twenty nine ninety nine ones, and it has two unique, cool looking Lego minifigures. So now I can build my Lego minifigure DC Universe characters, you know. So I have all that. Like I even made sure I got that. There's a, a there's a Lego book uh, out there, like a build a it's, it's meant for kids, but it has like it, it has a Green Lantern set in it, and it's the only official Lego John Stewart you can get, and he's got a little ship with him that you build, and it's it's much much similar to in terms of what pieces are involved to the actual Lego set for Green Lantern that came out a while back with Sinestro and Hal. Yeah. Um, so it, it really fits in really well, but it's the only way you're going to get it an official Lego John Stewart is if so far is if you buy this set and this book. So and then another book came out recently. Uh, it's like a it's almost like a dictionary or encyclopedia of all the DC Lego stuff, and it comes with an exclusive minifigure of Sinestro Core Batman. So that's, that's out cool. there if you yeah, want to. That's, that's cool. So that's an official Sinestro Core Batman if you want to do that. That's out there. So that's pretty cool. But, I mean, technically, since since I already have the official Sinestro uh, and I've got a ton of Batman, technically I can just swap heads and have my own Sinestro Core Batman. 
<laughs> but uh, but it's cool either way. Uh, but anyways, I wanted to bring up the stuff about Crisis because I mean, it seems you, you keep wondering these crossovers with DC TV. They, can they possibly outdo themselves? But are in outdoing themselves, are we going to get to a point where you're like, all right, that's that's too big. There's no way they can tackle that. And I thought that with Invasion. I was like, they're going to do aliens, and it's going to be weird because Arrow's going to be involved in a show with aliens, and that's going to really throw off the tone and this whole thing. But they managed to pull it off. I wasn't I wasn't like overly thrilled with the, the concept, but I didn't leave that crossover going, oh, that kind of sucked. I enjoyed it. It was a good action. It was a good action flick. It was a good bit of TV for a while. So I'm, I'm when they announced Batwoman, I was like, oh, visually, that's going to look her red hair, the, the bat family as part of this universe seeing that how that's going to work and all that that's going to be really cool you know they announced lois lane supposed to be a part of this you know stuff like that so i was, you know, I was just really excited about the, that possibility of seeing that expansion and then they say monitor and you're like well there's only one reason <laughs> you bring in the monitor like what the hell are they gonna do this year so i thought i'd bring it up since you, since uh since you watched some of this stuff cool all right, so let's get into this. I think I've delayed the inevit- inevitable long enough. Well, <laughs> well, at least you padded the episode quite nicely, at least, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, we have something to talk about after, so huzzah. Um, all right, Green Lantern number 47. Uh, they're back. Uh, it's got a cover of Hal and uh, and Oliver in a in their costumes in a, in a, in a bust shot. Uh, Oliver saying you got a problem with that. So it's a pretty, you know, it's it, it's a recognizable cover. It definitely stands out from the others uh, from this time period. Um, but it is titled "This Is Now" by Gerard Jones, with our old pal Scott Collins as the penciler, Romeo Tangal as the inker, Albert de Guzman as the letter, Anthony Tallin is the colorist. Eddie Braganza, assistant editor, and Kevin Dooley, editor. So we open up with Oliver Queen, and this is his Longbow Hunter era costume. Is that a? Is that a? I think so. Yeah, he's in his Longbow Hunter era costume. Uh, firing an arrow off, and in a tussle with Flicker. So that already sets the tone of where we're at with this story. Uh, so he's fighting up uh, against Flicker. Flicker's using an energy whip. Uh, Oliver, of course, is firing arrows, taunting each other back and forth. And Flicker says, uh, no wonder you and Green Lantern were colleagues. No wonder I look forward to meeting him again. And we cut over to Carol Ferris and Hal Jordan, who are in the middle of an argument. Surprise, surprise. Carol says, or Hal's yelling at her, what do you mean Green Arrow's in trouble? What do you mean Pie Face was kidnapped? So already. <laughs> what, what do you look like your mom? <laughs> <laughs> uh, she says, it's my fault. Pie discovered that I'd put money in your air taxi business on behalf of Crosswinds. Uh, Crosswind Corner, Nevada is where Olivia Reynolds was supposed to go to meet that anonymous tycoon who wanted... To fund her Green Lantern toy line. <laughs> like, holy shit. <laughs> Where are we context-wise in this story? Uh, but anyways, Hal scoops her up and flies her off. He says, 
I've called the Justice League to handle things here in Coast City. We'll go take care of this. And as they're flying around, someone shoots off some yellow missiles at them. Uh, those yellow missiles are intended to entangle Green Lantern, but he <laughs> decides to throw Carol to them because they're yellow. Uh, so she basically, he basically uses her as bait because he can't obviously overcome yellow. Uh, he says the cables are meant to snare me, not kill me. So... Uh, easily avoided. I guess he didn't want to risk what I'd do to you when they started grabbing. Uh, and she goes, you can't believe you used me as a shield. And he says, and what have you been using me for, Carol? Who snap. <laughs> um, so they show up and bust through the window. And he says, uh, and, and Hal says to Carol, what do you owe, Carol? She says, everything. I owe him everything. The man I've been working for, the man you're about to confront, he's my father. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Hal. It's so good to see a face from the old days. I've been so lonely since my death. Uh, and Hal's like, Hal, Carl Ferris never knew my secret identity, but look at him. And she's like, I know he's my daddy. Uh, he's... <laughs> And then this is when Carl Ferris blows fire out of his mouth <laughs> at Hal. Hal fights him for a moment, then dispatches him, opening up his chest to reveal robotics underneath. Oh, <laughs> who could have foreseen that coming? Uh, he looks over and sees that Carol is gone, and he tries to scan for her, but there is gold foil laid inside the wall, which is blocking his ring from... <laughs> From scanning the area. That, this is that, when he that number two pencils. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is this is when he uh, as he's flying around looking for Carol. He's he hears, "Hey, what the hell's going on?" And there stands Oliver Queen. We cut over to see Flicker hauling in Carol Ferris, and there she finds Pie Face. And then he says, "She says Pie Face." He says. Well, well, things must be falling apart. I thought you were on her side. Her side? Who, Pi? Who's done this right this way, please? We have much to discuss, Miss Reynolds. Oh, it's Olivia Reynolds. Um, Carol tackles her. <laughs> they get into a scuffle, but she's pulled back by her father. And then there's two of them. <laughs> so there have been... <laughs> there are Two fathers. Two fathers. <laughs> There are three Carl Ferris's to protect you, Carol. You'll need us all. She has so much to discuss with you. Meanwhile, Hal and Oliver are bickering because it's a Hal and Oliver team up. Uh, so that's got to happen for a few pages. Uh, they crash in to take on Flicker, the three Carl Ferris's, and save Pie Face, Olivia, and, and Carol. Um, they team up. Uh, as Green uh, as Green Lantern fires a ring blast into Flicker's face to distract him, he waves his arm in the air to flick his whip, and that's when Arrow shoots an arrow through his arm. They stand back to back, fight together some more. Um, uh, arrow shoots uh, uh, another arrow. It hits Carol in the chest. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and this should be pointed out this is Hal's plan <laughs> yes uh, this is when the Carl robots all open their mouths to breathe fire at Flicker who then gets the heck out of there uh, and then out rushes an old woman Aunt Carol's mother 
<laughs> Carol's mother is there. It's not Aunt May. <laughs> How is she alive? Is this another trick? No, darling, it's really your mother. But how? Daddy told me you died in Europe. We we had a funeral. You know, I had nervous problems. All I ever <laughs> wanted was to make Carl proud of me. But I was making him ashamed. Your father took me to Europe for a rest. I got worse, and he, he had to put me away. A fund kept me there. I got them to let me out, and I came home to beg his forgiveness. But he... He was dead. <laughs> Beg his forgiveness. Mother, he should have taken care of you. He shouldn't have pretended. No, your father was a good man. I was the sick one. He was only protecting you from the truth about me. And then I had all his money, all his technology, but I didn't have him. I told myself I'd do anything to bring him back. And you did come back, didn't you, Carl? More masterful than ever. You whispered to me how to win your company back and bring Green Lantern back to help us and make Carol happy with her man. How to make us a family again. Now we'll go back to Coast City, won't we, Carol? We'll make everything all right again. <laughs> God. Hal says, Carol, I can't. She's like, you know, you can't help us. Uh, I want to see what happens when a couple of us women just try to care for each other. Come on, mother. <laughs> Uh, but thanks, T.L., for... We can share a cell. <laughs> yeah. Carol and her mother just walk on out of there, and then Hal offers to fly Olivia back, and she's like, no, I'm done with you. And, <laughs> and Hal says, uh, or Oliver goes, you okay? He says, yeah, just letting go of the past hurts a little, but it feels good, too. <laughs> and Hal, and Allah, Ollie's like, I was afraid you'd want to talk over old times. There are no old times, pal, but this is now. And as they part their ways... Olivia is driving in her car and says to herself, well, so much for that uh, financier. I wonder if I'll ever know what part I was supposed to play in this lunacy. On second thought, I don't know, want to know. This All I want is a backer for my GL toys. Better make sure my samples are okay. They all took a pretty solid shot when that Ferris woman, ah, GL number one lost his head. Weird, it looks like more of a slice than a break. What on earth could have caused that? And next... Emerald Twilight. <laughs> that, that foreshadowing was about one of the better parts of the issue. <laughs> oh God! You done good. That was a that was a nice recap, Chad. Well, you take over from here. You wanted to cover this mess, so justify it to the people. <laughs> I think we already did because of the the, uh, the enjoyment we had and the laughter that that review provided us. I think. Uh, before I get into other things I actually like about this uh, this this issue, and mostly it does not have to do with the story. It's, it's some of the other mostly it has to do with some of the advertisements in the story. Because <laughs> you have to remember the you know the time frame like what ninety three or whatever that this was in. So uh, November ninety three. Uh, the th the one of the things I I like this issue. Well, like is a strong word. Let me back this, let me back that up. <laughs> This issue intrigues me mostly because of how it stands out like a sore thumbnail tonally between Green Lantern 46 and Emerald Twilight. <laughs> because in this issue, Hal, Hal seems to, you know, Hal doesn't, it's more like Hal could give three pounds of monkey crap about Coast City. He's <laughs> like, oh, I called in the Justice League. They can clean up those ashes. I'm going to rescue Ollie and Pieface. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then the next three issues, he goes batshit crazy and helps wipe out the core and, <laughs> and absorbs the central power battery because he can't get over it. 
Uh, I know, PTSD, yeah, 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 but still. Um, and the fact that, you know, Hal was pretty damn pissed and angry in, in, in Green Lantern 46, <laughs> dealing with Mongol and, and the destruction of Coast City. So I do kind of like, and like, small letter, like, small L, the, how this fits in and how, how it just, it, because it shows you, when this issue was written by Gerard Jones, it shows you the reason why it, if, the reason why it fits or would have fit was because of Gerard Jones' original version of Emerald Twilight, which had nothing to do with ba- with Hal going batshit crazy and destroying the core and things like that. So if Ger- Gerard Jones had continued on the book, as opposed to getting the boot and then bringing Ron Mars in with, with 40, in 48, then this wouldn't be this then this wouldn't stand out as much like a sore thumb. You want to remind people what the original plan was for Emerald Twilight? Oh, yes, as far as I can remember, the original idea essentially was another group of another group of guardians were going to show up and claim to be they were the real guardians and the current guardians were imposters and they and they had they were, and, and, the, and these real guardians were from way back when the guardians left with the Zamorans to yes, go make Whoopi. Yes, they were they were they were they were retired. That was like issue 200, right? Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. And yeah, so they so they they were they were returning and, and didn't and, didn't the Zamrons like support their claim or some stupid shit too? I think I, I thought there was something like that. I, well, so the Zamron, some some quote unquote Zamrons came back with them. I think. Right, I think that's it. I do have this written down somewhere, or in some. I have some pictures. I do have some artwork from uh, uh, some JPEGs from the original Emerald Twilight version. So basically, they were going to have their own. The, these returning Guardians were going to have their own Green Lantern Corps. Sinestro, which. Hello, that would have been the big, the big giveaway right there. Sinestro was going to be the leader of their core, and how and how supported the, the the current Guardians more or less. You really you had the closest thing to a real war of the Green Lanterns that we never really got since it was all mind controlled by Krona later on, because half the Guardians sided half the core sided with the new Guardians, half of them sided with the Guardians that were already here. You had this big brouhaha. Of, it turned it, it was related to Krona, right? Wasn't it like Entropy or Krona was be, was behind the fake Guardians? I believe. Yeah, or Guardians so. or something. Yeah, I think I think it yeah. was. Ent- I think it was the Entropy version of Krona that really had cre- that had made those fake Guardians or whatever. But during that during that storyline, that's when you, you found out that that the Guardians killed Hal's father on purpose to help to, in order to shape Hal to be the man he became. That he wouldn't be the hero and the man and the core the corpsman that they needed him to be without without basically the death of his father, so they more or less killed Harold Jordan. So even though Hal defends them and helps them win because he's, they're the lesser of the two evils, as soon as he's done, he can't he can't work with them anymore. His power has been internalized, and he's supposed to go off and be, as, as Daryl has mentioned, how DC really loved this this, phrase, or this character name, the Protector. That's what basically the, the the non the non evil, if you will, version of Parallax was supposed to be the protector who just went off and was a hero on his on his own and was no longer basically a, a fodder a fodder a puppet of the of the of the guardians. So that was as, that essentially was the Gerard Jones version of Emerald Twilight. Which wasn't which ironically when you think of there was a lot of changes to the status quo that were involved there, but I guess that wasn't radical enough considering of the era of breaking Batman and killing Superman, so something else had to give. Um this issue I I was telling Mark before we started recording, it's got a very silver agey feel to it. I mean, 
not only do you have Flicker uh, as a villain, which isn't necessarily 60s, but whatever, uh, you've got... <laughs> my father's back! It's really him! No, it's a robot! Wait, there's three of them! Wait, my mother's back! <laughs> like... All that kind of nonsense happening. Someone's trying to sell GL toys and make a license out of that. Pie Face is involved somehow. I mean, you've got... Barely, you, there, barely. <laughs> there are so many spinning plates in this issue that I was... Like, as I was reading it, I was like, was I supposed to go back and, like, read stuff for context? Because I've read these issues in the past, but I don't really remember the context of all this crap that's going on. So what in the holy hell is even happening in this issue? Because, like, I considered going back to try and catch up and, and figure out. So, so when we reviewed it, I could tell the listeners, okay, when they're referring to this, they're talking about what happened back in Greenland or blah, blah, blah. When, but there are so many spinning plates. It's just like, where do I even start? What am I supposed to Google to figure out where? The, okay. At what point did Carl Ferris tell Carol Ferris that her mother needed a rest in England? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, where do I where do I begin? So forgive me, listeners, for not doing my due diligence in this. But my God, you tell me where I should have started because <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> and again, coming on the heels of, of, of issue forty six, none of this stuff makes sense at all. <laughs> I mean, like. Do, 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 is this like leftover stuff from several issues ago? Is this is this only within the past few issues that this stuff has happened? Even if I go back and read those past few issues, is am I going to get the entire context for this? What about Flicker's involvement in all this? What does Flicker have to do with Hal and, and Oliver? Like, <laughs> you know, all this stuff. So it's just like I, I didn't know, I didn't know where to begin. <laughs> But yeah, it's, it, it did have, I feel like it had a very Silver Age-y feel to it. Well, issue, issue 45 had to do with, uh, they dealt with the Dark Stars. It was a, it was a Trinity crossover. Yeah. See, so, I, I, so, so obviously that issue had absolutely nothing to do with, <laughs> with this storyline either. <laughs> Gerard Jones, where are you picking up these threads from? Please, why are there no... Why are there no asterisks with editor's notes? Remember and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Go back and read that one. Like, wasn't this the era of the editor box? So come on, tell me. What am I missing? Because you are giving me a whole bunch of stuff that I have no idea. I just I just went through the trauma of the death and return of Superman. Watching Coast City get blown to bits. Hal dealing with Mongol. You expect me to remember what the hell Pie Face was doing and what was going on with the Green Lantern toy license. <laughs> well, well, if you go if if you go back all if you go back all the way to issue forty three with that cosmic that great supercharged cosmic defender cover. At least oh God! At, this, at least looking at the supporting characters in that issue, it looks at least Carol Ferris and Olivia Reynolds were actually listed as supporting characters in that issue. <laughs> <laughs> so, so at the very least, it looks like we we go from forty three to picking up all the way at, at forty seven, and everything else in between is like I don't know. 
We'll just destroy Coast City in the meantime. (laughs) Superman will die in return. (laughs) Like, good lord. Uh, One of the biggest events in DC in years. Maybe since Crisis. It really depends on who you are. (laughs) But no, we're not going to bother giving you a recap of what happened four issues ago. (laughs) We put you through the ringer, but I'm sure you still remember this subplot, right? (laughs) Well, at least... they're at least like on page eight, and thank God for the old stories because they actually have real page numbers on them, so you can actually find out <laughs> that on page eight, when, Ro- when Robot Carl number one is talking to Carol, when he mentions so that he sent death, he sent that he sent Deathstroke, which I guess was in issues forty-one and forty-two. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so this is kind of like this is like Norman Osborn, like. This is like the Norman Osborn working behind the scenes before the big reveal and in and, and revelations that Norman Osborn was still alive, hiding out in Europe. He was supposedly dead. He faked his own death. Um, so it's it, it, so maybe, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe they kind of got some of that influence from that. That, that, was, that wasn't too far. Actually, that wasn't even too far after this. That was like that was like around '95 or '96, I think, when they brought Norman Osborn back. So who knows? Maybe some maybe somebody was reading this. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if I have much else to say about this. I will say the only thing I wanted to mention is this is early Scott Collins' work. So uh, what do you think of the art? I mean, especially given what we know Scott Collins is nowadays. I think the art's okay. I mean, I, lo- I think Green Arrow and, and, Green, and Hal look okay. Carol looks horrible. But that's not necessarily his fault. It's just this this un- incarnation of Carol was was really, really yeah, it's more of a design thing than an art yeah, it's, interpretation. Yeah, not, not easy on the eyes uh, at all. Uh, so, and there's one panel that Tom kind of looks like uh, Sorenik. Yeah, and I saw page, that. Yeah. yeah, on page 21, you would uh, all you have to do is uh, lower that collar a little bit and then show a little more neck, and well, we won't go into any showing anything more. But other than that, yeah, it kind of looks like a kind of looks like a not looking her best Sorenik in the two. The artwork's yeah. not bad. The artwork, I, I think the artwork overall is, is fine. Yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty good. I'm going to use a few. I'm gonna, I'm trying to get creative with the album art on this one and see. Uh, and so, you know, if you guys if you guys uh, don't already, uh, I know like when I downloaded the episodes onto my iPod back in the day and plugged it into my car, the album art would show up with each individual episode. It doesn't do that when you're listening on your iPhone. It just it sticks with the show's artwork, not the individual artwork. But if you uh, if you're curious, check out uh, check out the website. Uh, the the uh, custom album art for each episode is on the website for each post. So if you're curious, what I used from this uh, this, pa- this this these panels and stuff like that, if you're curious what the artwork looks like, definitely give it a shot and head on over to the website and, and see what we're looking at. So. But uh, is there anything else you want to say about this? Because, I mean, other than the Silver Age feel and the artwork, like, this is just, this is too bonkers for me to really follow. Like, I was reading it and going, what? Did, <laughs> did, did I read it too quick? Did I not comprehend something? You know, like when you're you're reading a book and then suddenly you're on the second page, you're on the right-hand page, and you're like, wait, do I even remember what I just read on the yeah. left-hand page? Let me go. Let me go back. <laughs> see what I for my mind was reading but didn't soak up. <laughs> That's what happened with this. I was like, wait, where am I in this story? <laughs> Did you notice the, the the typo right in the second uh, uh, dial or thought box thought balloon? 
Uh, yeah, but I, it's uh, it's uh, intentional. I thought. Is it? Yeah, yeah read, so. read 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 the third dialogue box. Yeah, it's missing an N and then. Right. Well, but in the in in the first, so let's see. Go to page. First, there is a villain. The 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 there is no villain. I don't think that's intentional. I no, he says a... first there is a villain. The there is a villain. There the there is no villain. Then there is. Damn it. No, he's I correcting. Think... He's correcting himself in story. No, I think what it's supposed to say is first there is a villain. Then there is no villain. Then there is. Damn it. That's what I think he's trying to say. But oh. the way it's written doesn't make any sense. The there is no villain. That doesn't make any sense. That's got to be a typo. Hmm. It's got to be then. First there is a villain, then there is no villain, then there is. Damn it. That's the way uh, I think it. I, that's the way I think it was supposed to be. Yeah, but it all. You can also read it like like he's writing a letter to somebody, and correcting himself. I mean, obviously, why wouldn't he just <laughs> erase and well, rewrite? But but you know what I mean. Except he's not. Except he's. It's not like. Except he's not. That, we'll never know. Uh, I mean, unless we talk to uh, <laughs> no, no thanks. Gerard Jones is yeah, never coming on the show. Yeah, we won't be talking to Gerard Jones anytime <laughs> soon. But it would be a correction if if he first he said, uh, yeah, it would be a correction if it said then there. Either way, it it doesn't. I don't think if you read that it makes any sense. I think that it doesn't flow naturally. The there is no villain. Yeah. It doesn't. It's got to be a mistake because if you put the then, you put the n in there, it makes sense. First there is a villain. Then there is no villain. Then there is. Damn it. Because that indicates that the villain just keeps popping in and out. Right. Uh, Let's see. Other interesting things, at least in the physical copy of this issue, the inside flap is pushing the Tim Drake Robin series, which was his first solo series. Tim Drake's my favorite Robin, so yes. Yes for that. So they're they're pushing that. Uh, They're pushing the Nightfall Skycap from Skybox, which I thought was just pretty cool. (laughs) They were like Pogs, weren't they, or something? Uh, I think I th- so. I think they were like Pogs. I never had any. The DC Bloodlines trading cards, which were pushing oh, the Reign of the, the, Reign of the Superman cards. <clears throat> Obviously, Skybox was a big DC uh, <laughs> recipient back then. They had a good contract with DC. You had a few. You had a few Bloodlines advertisements, including Deathstorm. You had the Outsiders, the launch of the Outsiders series, which eventually the the Eradicator would become part of. Uh, and and you also have probably the most interesting thing of all, the countdown for Zero Hour. Mm. So that is pretty cool. And very appropriate considering how it all turned out. But, yeah, for sure. Even though at the ah. time, obviously, no one would have ever been suspected. <laughs> Including anybody working on Greenlander. <clears throat> all right. Anything else you want to say about this one? No, but it was it was interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we wanted to, or Mark wanted to talk a little bit about uh, a movie, a trailer that dropped recently. Uh, do we want to play it on air, or do you want to just react? Yeah, let's play it. Let's play it on air. All right. Yeah, let me pull it up here. Make sure I have mine muted because we usually do the sound from yours, and I did not, so now I'm muted. All right. So we're going to YouTube, and the official one, the one that says Warner Brothers UK, I think. All right, we're going to do the Creed 2. Creed 2 trailer. So if anybody's looking for that, that's what you're looking at. Uh, let's see. 
said from the Warner Brothers. Yeah, I think that's the I think that's the official one. It doesn't really it does it ultimately doesn't matter but that's the one that's the one that I have at Warner Brothers UK. Yeah, I think that I think that's the one that All right, let me see here. <clears throat> oh, this is this is trailer 1. No, okay. Trailer 2 Warner UK. Here we go. You got it cuz I was going to say I have the Yeah, I got it. Okay. Yeah, I got it. All right, let's see here. Let me turn it up. And let me know right. when you're ready cuz I'm at the 1 second mark. And it's 233, right? Yep. <clears throat> All right, and let's see. Here we go. We don't do what we love. Then we wouldn't exist. Stop, kid. who infamously killed Apollo Creed, appeared today to issue a challenge to Adonis Creed. Don't do this. I ain't got a choice. That's the same thing your father said. You died right here in my hands. That kid was raised in hate. It's dangerous. He broke things to me that ain't never been fixed. It ain't worth it. If you want to fight this man, that's your business. But don't pretend this is about your father. This hip is all about my life, my kids, the life that I live. And the night I was his, it was life. When I did, my ups and downs, my slips, my falls, my times of tribulation, my heart, my fall. Creed one, so uh, what do you think? Rocky, but you did see Rocky four. Yes. So, so that's one of the reasons why I figured, at the very least, even though again you are not as familiar with the Rocky series as many people are, at least you saw Rocky four. So of all the the movies that you not of all the franchises you're not super familiar with, considering what this movie is about, it, fig- it would seemingly be a decent one for you to have have a viewpoint on, considering Creed two is essentially. a is a sequel to Rocky Four as well as being a sequel to Creed. <clears throat> yeah, I like the. Uh, I mean, I, I know it's a weird thing to bring up given that's not the reason we watched it, but uh, I like the the song in it, which is uh, "Who We Be" by DMX. DMX, yes. Yeah, I recognize that voice anywhere. I think anybody really, even if you're really not into rap or hip hop, that's <laughs> DMX is a pretty recognizable voice. 
but uh, I mean, yeah, it looked interesting. I, I definitely will say because I did see the trailer to the first Creed. I mean, it was all over TV. You really couldn't not see it. Um, uh, and, but for, from what I remember when I saw that trailer, I'm more intrigued by this movie with this trailer than I was for the first Creed movie with its trailers. That makes I, I could see that. I think. Well, number one, it's, it's again for you. It, this isn't why you would react that way because again, you said you didn't see the first one. Uh, but this is. But for some people who would react that way, obviously. This view it this split it into two. If you're a rock, if you're a Rocky fan, obviously, if you're a Rocky fan, you knew about you you Creed kind of was a surprise when that came together. But once Creed came out and was established, you know, even the whole plot of this movie, if you're a a Rocky fan, let alone kind of a relatively casual, maybe more than casual, a little more than casual movie fan, the idea, the plot of this movie has been out there for a while. The the teaser trailer for this movie. More played up the conflicts and things going in Adonis's life, but they and they only at the end made it clear that you know that the guy, the main threat, the main villain, if you will, opponent was going to be was going to be Drago, Victor, uh, Victor Drago. This movie, uh, this trailer, obviously, is clearly telling you exactly what the whole plot of the movie is going to be. The, ma- the majority of the plot's going to be about. Still dealing with some of those elements of stuff he's dealing with in his life, but this is the roadblock, the obstacle that everybody has to deal with. And which goes back, you know, everybody, not just him, everybody's got to deal with it in their own, in, in their own way. So I think this, I think this, I liked it. Again, if you're a Rocky fan, I think this trailer really will, will, will pull you in more than the original Creed trailer did. The Creed trailer pulled you in a little bit because you, you knew Rocky was in it. You know, it was a, it was an extension of the Rocky, of the Rocky franchise. This kind of carries that on but then it, but obviously it, it, it really tie, full ties to it because the and I liked I from what I know about this about the movie and I want to talk about a few things about the trailer specifically but what I know about the movie is that they got they have a really interesting dynamic that they set up here that you have basically basically you have two sons living in the shadows of their fathers in different in different ways and you have Victor Drago, who basically is, is, has to live with what, basically what ha- the shame of his father and the fallout from Drago losing to Rocky, and, and Adonis has had, had to live through most of his life, never knowing his father, and having you know his father being dead before he was born, and then having to try to live up to the name and the legacy of Apollo Creed to prove that you know he belongs. And so you have both basically both both fathers. Have been almost basically the, the children, the sons in particular, are paying in a way for the sins of their father, and or living and are trying to balance the, the equation in some way and make up for what happened to their father and to approve themselves in the eyes of their father, all these things. So that so that's interesting. I think the whole the, I like the fact that the whole fallout from Rocky Four. Well, Rocky, I've made. I think I've made this clear before, though we don't. We don't talk about. We've talked about the Rocky series on this show a few times, but not. Rocky Four is a highly rewatchable movie. I think Rocky Four, from an overall quality perspective, as far as the and plus the message is trying to send. I think Rocky Four is one of the worst ones because it doesn't. It really doesn't seem to fit. Rocky Five, everybody points to because Rocky Five was not well conceived. But if you look at thematically, the way it looks, the way it's shot things in the movie that Rocky Four is really the one that's that really stands out. And I like the fact that 
so many so many characters have had had to deal with the legacy of the events of Rocky IV. Obviously, Drago and his son Adonis. Rocky's had to live with it, not just because of the physical beating that he took at the hands of Drago, but because the whole of everything with Drago cost him Apollo Creed too, and the guilt that he has over that. Even though you kind of look at that, I always looked at that as kind of it's kind of ridiculous. Just like when people say, "Oh, how you know." People say, "Oh, how, you know, how killed the guardians?" But we know he didn't actually kill the guardians. So like, oh, he could he could have saved Apollo. There's no way of knowing he could have saved Apollo. The referee tried to pull Drago off Apollo too, and he and, and he just threw the referee out of the way and kept punching him. There's no guarantee just because the towel was going to be thrown in the ring that Drago wasn't going to punch him again. Plus, honestly, if you read the and I always this is one of my favorite lines. I should have a podcast just with this line. According to the novelization. Technically speaking, Apollo didn't die from the punch. He died when his head hit the canvas. That caused, a, that caused I think, a cerebral hemorrhage, and he died. But the punch itself didn't kill him. It was when he landed face first on the canvas that killed him. But either way, all, all these characters you have, you know, uh, Marianne Creed, who's gonna, this is obviously going to bring back really horrible memories, you know, for her. That I just, so I, 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 liked, I like that it, it comes full circle. I like the fact that, one of them, to me, the, one of the interesting things about this trailer, and a lot of people, from the initial reaction I've, I've seen online about this, is that a lot. The good thing is a lot of people are pumped to go see this. It seems a lot of people. This this trailer especially really pumps people up. But people are talking about two things. Like number one, does Rocky die in this movie? Which I kind of think he doesn't. I didn't think it would be a really bad decision. If you want to kill him. Eventually, yeah, it makes sense. I don't think Adonis is established well enough as a character as an, and as a legacy character that you can do away with Rocky. Plus, if you kill him in the middle of the movie, that's, that could really suck the air out of the movie. <laughs> you know, that, that could really take away from Adonis' journey because, because of how important Rocky is. Plus, if you look at the movie, and, and this ties into this, whether, Rock, whether Adonis fights Drago twice in this movie, because there are certain ways the trail, both the two trailers are cut that makes it seem like maybe that's the case. I don't think it is the case. And and if it is the case, then I don't see how Rocky can die. Because it doesn't make any sense for Rocky to train. Because obviously the beginning of the, this trailer shows Adonis training in the desert. Training really hard, which I like also as a contrast directly to Rocky training you know, in Siberia. Right? Right, the complete contrast between Rocky training in the fridge and the freezing cold to deal with the father, and and Creed is is dealing with the with the blazing heat in the desert, training old school like Rocky did, you know. So it's, I like that straight that straight comparison. But it wouldn't make any sense for Rocky to train Adonis, and Adonis trains really hard, and they fight the first time, and and Drago loses. I mean, excuse me, Adonis loses, and then Rocky dies, and then somehow Adonis comes back and wins by going like. That doesn't seem logical to me. If there's going to be two fights, he would lose the first fight because Rocky won't train him because he doesn't want, because he doesn't want to because of all the baggage that he has and that he doesn't want Adonis to do it. And then Adonis loses. He comes to him and, and he says he won't be able to turn Adonis. He'll go to Adonis because Adonis will literally be in the same place he was after Clubber Lang beat him in Rocky Three when Apollo saved him and helped bring him back, that he won't be able to deny helping Adonis do the same thing. But it's weird because both trailers, there's like two different entrances for a, for Adonis, and it looks like people are either in the ring and coming into the ring and, and, and approaching the ring. They, there's a championship belt behind both of them. So that doesn't make a lot of sense that he would be fighting Drago twice and losing the first time either if both times he is entering the ring. Assuming they're both against Drago, that he's got a championship belt. That wouldn't make sense. Now, I know 
I think there's two fights in the movie. I just don't think everything seemingly is pointing to one big fight at the end with Drago. So maybe, um, but I, I like the way it's cut. I like that. I like the fact that we finally get some real good uh, imagery of of Dolph Lundgren as Drago, which they kind of conveniently left out in the first trailer. I like that you had that momentary that look between Rocky and Drago in the ring. I kind of thought that was that was that was pretty nice. Um, I don't know. I li- I, I liked it. I thought I'm really I, I'm excited about it. I'm curious to see. I'm just curious to see where it where it ends up. And it's an interesting approach because time is going to pass since the first movie, which because clearly Adonis is champion at some point in this movie. The question is, do we see him become champion? Is it like a montage, kind of like a Rocky Three thing, where we kind of like see like the last three years of what's going on in his life, and we catch up to it, and he's kind of on top, and that's kind of like when Drago comes in. So I'm curious to see if there's an element of Rocky Three in this too, and that's why I'm, I think when people think there might be two fights, I think that's why you know he fights the first time and loses, fights the second time and wins. But I'm excited for it. I, I got to be honest with you, along with along more than Halloween, I'm interested in, but I'm not ex- I'm not expecting to love it. I'm expecting – I have more faith that I'm going to like this movie, if not absolutely love it. I'm going to like it more. But the, but Creed and Creed 2 and Halloween are the two movies that I'm looking forward to most this season, this year, what's left of the of this t- 2018 in the cinema. So, Unless I'm forgetting something, I think I'm looking forward to obviously Venom, which I'm seeing Thursday night at 8 p.m. my time, uh, so October 4th. Uh, and then uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and Aquaman, I think. Unless there's one I'm forgetting. Mary Poppins, isn't, isn't that for you? That was on the list, but it was low on the list. Yeah. Ah, that's interesting. It's kind of. I, I thought. I thought. I thought you were a little more gung. A little more gung ho. Well, uh, I was interested in it uh, in, for. Mostly for nostalgia reasons. Oh, okay. Because I remember watching that a lot as a kid with my sister and, and over and over again, kind of like the way we watched Land Before Time and a bunch of other things. So, uh, But, uh, yeah, I, I'm interested in it for nostalgia reasons. I'm not necessarily hyped about the story itself. We'll, we'll see. I mean, obviously, I, I'm probably, I, w- I want to say definitely going to go see Mary Poppins in the theaters and probably with my sister. But, yeah, I don't... Uh, in terms of like, can't wait for it to come out. It's 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 obviously Venom uh, is number one right now, followed by Bohemian Rhapsody and followed by Aquaman. So, but yeah, I, I figured, and we and we would have talked about the uh, Dark Phoenix trailer if the great Einstein's at Fox had decided to premiere it at a decent time instead of on the James Corden show tonight as we're on Wednesday as we're recording this. So we'll probably talk about it next week, but uh, it would have been see it would have been cool because I w- I didn't know what to, I didn't know I did not know that they had said specifically when it was coming out just that it was coming out tonight. So I was kind of yeah. hoping it would come out before we would record because then we could have done something we've never really done on as a recording, which is do a live trailer reaction. True. Which would be cool. Which we I guess we could I guess I mean I guess we could still try that. I mean I mean I'm not, I don't need. It would it would take a little bit of discipline, but it's not like I need to really watch Dark Phoenix until, you know. So I, it's up to you. We could talk about it, uh, but we, 
But it, it, that, that thought crossed my mind. It's like, oh, we had an opportunity to do, wouldn't be a trailer reaction video, but it would be, you know, but we would be listening and reacting and getting our, we would literally get our initial thoughts to it as opposed to having seen it before. You know, you whenever we do these, almost every, nine and a half times out of ten, both of us have already watched this, you know, multiple times or at least one full time before we're playing it again together, so. I don't know if, I don't know if we're able to go live. I, like, Twitter and Facebook, you can go live, but it's always video. I don't know if there's an audio. I don't think there's an audio option. Oh, I might be even just recording a reaction, oh. or at least be recorded. But there's actually, I, well, what I think we should, one of these days we'll talk about this off. We should try using uh, like the Adobe thing that I use for work because I know we could record that together and make a video. And then the question is, and we could probably do the same thing where we both, I think we both could be on the screen. We could actually have the trailer on the screen. And then we could actually, and we could probably save that as an, imp- we could actually do that and eventually upload it. So that might be something we could, we could try actually, because then we at least we could actually have some trailer reactions to stuff, and it'd be a video, which which obviously, obviously is better. And I think, and at least, and and at least, and Chad and I, I think, are pretty disciplined. So when we're doing, if we do stuff like that, at least we won't be like talking over the trailer, which is one of the things that annoys me the most when we get when people do trailer reactions. It's like stop jib jabbing <laughs> when you're watching the trailer live. It's like it's like because you're gonna miss stuff people are saying in the trailer if you do that. <laughs> it's like. I mean, you can go, oh, and you, and you can have facial reactions and stuff like that, but it's like, kind of like, watch the trailer, get, sit, get your, compile your thoughts and your feelings as you're watching it, and then, I mean, and sometimes people, sometimes they play it twice, like in the same reaction, which I think is cool, because that, that, that makes sense. You watch it, you're quiet, and then when you watch it again, then you get to talk about, talk through some of the things that you, that you right. saw. Yeah, so, but... All right, so uh, next episode, do we know what we're doing? We have no idea what we're doing. Something from the list? Yeah, definitely something from the list. Uh, okay. Uh, well, when are you seeing Venom? I, I am seeing Venom. I should be seeing Venom on Thursday, which means that won't probably be viable either for next week. But it no, will be but viable for the week after. It would be viable for the week after, so we could record sometime... Next week, maybe, you know, depending on what's going on. Um, or the week after, it doesn't matter. But uh, next episode, something from our list, something Green Lantern related, I'm pretty sure. We do have some non-Green Lantern related stuff on the list, but I'm assuming we're going to pick something Green Lantern related. Because the episode after that is our thoughts on Venom. <laughs> That is true. Venom will be one of our, if not our last, it will be one of our last movie episodes of the years. Probably it's going to be because, again, I don't think there's anything else that we'll talk about other movies. But again, but a lot of the stuff. Chad yeah, I don't think. Is, yeah, we're not going to dedicate. A, I mean, unless unless like Bohemian Rhapsody is like insanely amazing. I mean, I, I, expect, I expect it to be great, but is it going to be like? Um, now, I don't know your feelings on it, and I've never seen it to its full extent, but remember how everyone was freaking out about Across the Universe when it came out? Yeah, I do kind of remember that. So, I mean, unless it's, like, insane levels of good, which, I mean, the trailers, for sure. But, like, I don't think we're going to dedicate an episode to, like, Aquaman. We're definitely going to talk about Aquaman, but are we going to dedicate an entire episode to it? I, I kind of doubt it. Yeah, I kind, I kind of doubt it, too. I don't think there's... Based on Unless that. it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I suppose. I guess that is possible. You'll hold that out there. But based on what, as as you heard in this episode, based on what Chad and I are both the most looking forward to, that 
certainly once we get into October, that most of what we have, well, mo- most of what we both are looking forward to are are, are not the same movies. So right. that kind of that kind of makes it that does kind of make it a little more difficult. Uh, I'm going. I'm going to. I probably would have seen Venom anyway, but I'm going. I'm going. I make for Chad. I'm making. I'm making a concerted <laughs> effort to try to see it. Like the plan is definitely to see it next Thursday. So, um, and then after that, I probably won't see anything to Halloween. Yeah. And so it's. But yeah, it's. I'm curious about Venom. I'm going in. I'm kind of going in mostly with a, as much of a blank slate as I can. Obviously, I know. Who, I know Venom. So I. But. You know, I'm not invested in Venom as a character or a, a background or a history as like Chad is. So I'm so I so I think I'll be in good. I think I will be in a good position to judge it as a movie, without necessarily judging it 100% based on 100% based on my knowledge of the source material. Obviously, you're going to be able to do both. You'll be able to look at it as a movie and whether it meets your expectations, considering what you know the way it approaches and and changes and stays loyal to in some areas, you know, the source material. So, yeah, I mean, obviously uh, we know it's not going to be rigid to the source material. Uh, so it's going to, it's it, it, what, basically what I'll be judging it on is not necessarily comic book accuracy is, but, but how they portray, how they deal with, how they, how they tell the story of the stuff they've changed. If, if the stuff they've changed makes sense, then I'm probably in. Uh, but I'm not looking for it to adhere rigidly to specific stories. So it's just, you know, what they do change, how do they change it, how does it work within the narrative, you know, that sort of a thing. So, uh, plus I don't have an encyclopedic history with Venom like I do with maybe like Green Lantern or Ragman, but, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan. So we'll, I, I have just enough knowledge to know if something's, gone horribly wrong but not enough knowledge <laughs> not enough knowledge to be like oh so and so's eye looked like this when in clearly in episode in volume three issue number seven it was you know like i can't i can't do that <laughs> but we'll see you you have enough knowledge to know if, if you have to like stand stand up halfway through the show and go this movie absolutely sucks yeah <laughs> <laughs> But hopefully, uh, at the at the very least, it looks better than Spider-Man Three. So <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, let's close out the episode. Tell people where they can reach us. Lanterncast.com. Oh, speaking of Lanterncast.com, <laughs> I do I do actually have, and I'll, I was going to plan on doing it today, but it didn't work out. I do have that. The, the next Ring Cyclopedia episode is actually recorded. I just have to upload it off my phone. So maybe tomorrow night after I get in from. Uh, going to the movies i will go uh upload it and probably not push push it heavily until friday but ring, lanterncast.com uh lanterncast at gmail.com is the best way to contact us itunes and stitcher uh, whichever platform you listen to us on please leave us a positive review of course we're on twitter we're on facebook you can use hashtag glcast to locate us on either of those last but not least the dormant voicemail 708 lantern somebody out there let us know what you think yeah, and we've got a Mark and I have come up with a not a pretty not a massive list, but a, a bigger list than we thought of some ideas for future episodes. One of which was a Twitter suggestion from one of our from one of our uh, listeners. So uh, I'll say it I'll say it right now. It doesn't mean it's going to happen soon, guys. It just means it's on the list. 
One of our Twitter followers suggested that we cover the Ion series, that 12-issue Ion series um, from early 2000s. So we are going to cover that at some point in the future because somebody suggested it. So uh, if you guys want to leave us a voicemail, leave us an email, let us know what you want us to cover in the future. Let us know what you're thinking about the current issues. We are listening. We are taking suggestions. We are following through. So now's your time if you want to be heard to, to pipe up. Especially since it's so damn quiet in the Green Lantern universe right now when it comes to the books. This is, this is, this is the time to go digging into the vault. Uh <laughs> And Lord knows we know, well, see, you see, based on our initial conversation about this, you obviously have a lot more negative feelings about the Ion miniseries, which, of course, was not originally supposed to be a miniseries. Negative, maybe not so fond memories. It could be I go back and go, hey, this is better than I remember it. But I don't remember it to be particularly great. (laughs) No, it it started off, it started off okay with, like, uh... Was that it was Nero, right? It was Nero. I think so, yeah, but that, like it fell apart imposter. towards like like with the tangent stuff and. Oh yeah. Yeah. But the beginning stuff with Hal and the Nero imposter Ion, if I remember correct, that stuff was good. Like the first few issues were good. Yeah. And it was kind of going off the rail, and then oh jeez, it was kind of going off the rail, and then um, and of course some of that we know was not necessarily Ron's fault because obviously the direction the book kind of changed and it became a mini and. Who, and what Ion was kind of changed, and that's when he got into Kyle's mom and all that stuff at the end. Of the oh, movie. did he? Well, yeah, well, yeah. Well, see, maybe maybe Hal got into Kyle's mom because he knew it was gonna, I was gonna have him with Carol. It's all payback. It's like a circle between Alex and Hal and Carol and Kyle. And... Uh, but, but yeah, guys, reach out to us. Let us know what you want us to cover. Let us know what you're thinking of the current stuff. Let us know what you're excited for. Uh, as a matter of fact. I don't know if it was Doomsday Clock 7 or, or Heroes in Crisis number 1, which came out today, both of which I've read. The uh, There was a – there was uh, maybe it was both of them. There was a preview of like four or five pages from the first issue of Green Lantern from Grant Morrison, Liam Sharp. So let us know what you're excited for, what you're – what you think of that preview stuff? Like, what what are you looking forward to from this new series? Or what you think of the current stuff? So, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Justice League Odyssey came out today, too. So what do you think of Jessica Cruz in this new title? Let us know what you think of this stuff, guys. We really want to hear it. And there's a bunch of stuff, like, seriously, there's a bunch of stuff happening. Uh, I don't know if you know, Mark, but there's a current, there's a Supergirl story happening right now that's, that, uh... Oh, on the, the show? F- no, no, no. No, uh, in the, in, in the, in the, in the comic book, she has recently had an issue. I believe it was. It might be Supergirl 22. I could be wrong on the numbering. Uh, she interacts most exclusively with the Green Lantern Corps in that issue. It's a very recent issue. I think the most recent issue of Supergirl to date. So if you guys are excited about this stuff, if you're reading Green Lantern and other things that we're not necessarily covering right now, let us know what you think. If you guys are super stoked about it, maybe we'll cover it. Like I've read the Supergirl issue issues. Technically, they showed up towards the end of the that first issue, but um, maybe we'll cover it. You know, we don't know what we're doing next episode, so come on, <laughs> bring it on. Tease, tease. Uh, hey, we. I mean, we 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 did cover Threshold after all. 
I mean, yeah, you never know what's next. Yeah, I mean, Halloween is right around the corner. Yeah, because Lord knows, Lord knows, we didn't want to do that. Yeah. I mean, we kind of were more obligated. Well, obligated is a strong word. Maybe, may, but I guess it might be applicable, just because it was a, it was a left. A hanging plot point, if you will, from from from, from the previous incarnation, it, it was dangling. It, it was it was a it was a hanging chad. Uh, so it was something that uh, I guess we had to cover for completion's sake, because you don't like letting that stuff stay out there. But that's right. So, so obviously, almost everything, almost anything we're going to cover after that's got to be almost anything's got to be a step up. <laughs> that's right. Um, but uh, yeah, so. You know, do we have plans already for Halloween? It's possible we have plans. You don't know. You, you never know. About trick or treating either. <laughs> That's right. God, I can't. I can't afford a costume. You know, what? I've I've wanted to dress up as Ted from Bill and Ted for a long time, but I, it's so hard because I want to get everything right. Like I want to find that Save the Whales bumper sticker and put it on a bl- pair of black pants. You know, like that whole thing. Yeah. So, but anyways, all right, guys. Enough tangents. We'll talk to you next time. And definitely, definitely, definitely send in your thoughts. Because we are listening. <laughs> that, that, that doesn't sound creepy or anything, Chad. <laughs> and, and, and Chad's watching, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Good night.